Hey, what's up, DBC fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let us explain. Well, first of all, Freddie, the best part is it's free. There's nothing better than using a free, awesome service. To make the process simple and easy, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor helps people find your show by distributing the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. Also, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I like like money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We love using Anchor. It's a great platform that lets us hear from the fans and reaction theater with Anchor's Leave a Message feature. So when you create your account with Anchor, you can also utilize their feature and make your own podcast. TJ will uh, be your first guest. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. We got to talk to Jason about something here, Brett. Jason, these reads you've been doing, like the Casey read, the beginning of the show, I know, I know this is heavily Dillner influence. We got to talk about the fact. We got to, we just, just read the damn thing, man. Stop trying to, stop the, the voice inflection and stuff. I mean, Dillner, Dillner's tried to get me to do this too when I was there reading stuff and it just you don't want to sound like Dillner I promise you you don't want to sound like Dillner are you talking about when Jason kicks our show off right now yes yeah Jason just read them you're reading way (laughs) too slow because you're listening to Dillner just read the reads trust yourself the the hey and the Kyle Larson thing this week just tell Dillner to kiss your ass and just read him don't worry about it I'd like to dedicate this show open to Brent and Freddie. I hope I can make you proud. Happy race week. Door Bumper Clear has you covered ahead of NASCAR's return. I'm Jason Schultz, and today Brent and Freddie will cover how spotters will be impacted on Sunday, Chicagoland's future, and why drivers need to put on a big show. Door Bumper Clear rolls right now. Hey, me too now. This is Freddy Kraft. Get ready. Be ready. Be ready. Give me what you got here. New leader. Watch out for this guy. White flag. Recognize. Go low. Go low. Clear. Bring home. Three wide. Coming to the line. Door bumper clear. Yo, what's up here? We're back. Door bumper clear on Dirty Mo Media. Presented by Offer Pat. I'm Brett Griffin. Spotter for Clint Boyer. Freddy, we're going back to work this week. Holla. Uh, Freddie Kraft in the house. What's up? Uh, Spotted for Bubba Wallace. Going to be spotting for uh, Jeffrey Earnhardt come Tuesday. A little new addition to the driver lineup. So uh, just looking forward to getting back, man. We got a lot of racing. By my math, we're doing about 1,500 laps in two weeks. So, well, I am. You'll probably not do about half of that because you slack off all the time. But uh, what's up, Casey? Hey there. Uh, Casey Boat here. And unfortunately, I will not be back at the track. We'll be stuck at home since we're not allowed to go to the track. And we can't forget our lovely producer, Jason. What's up? I want to hear how Brett and Freddie's couples massage went. Or why we had to delay filming because you guys were too hungover yesterday. Wait a minute. Before we get into any of that, Jason is wearing a heated blanket in May. Hi. Is he I, really? have my, I have my fireplace on, so I can't Jason talk. is sitting at his house wearing a heated blanket. I don't even know another male that owns a heated blanket. This is actually my friend Ben's. He left his college stuff here while he went home for the summer. So there's two males that have a heated blanket. You are, you're, <laughs> you have a loner, and he's, got, he's the official owner of the heated blanket. It's great. 
Freddie, have you ever owned a heated blanket? No, my grandfather that he just passed away, but he was 97 years old. I think he had one, but you know, I think it might have do poor circulation. I don't know anybody under the age of 90 that owns one. Um, I just have to say you are missing out if you don't have one. I think Jason is definitely on the right track because in wintertime, it's amazing. I don't he like to be hot. My, he comes onto my Zoom screen and he's wearing a, a blanket. I was like, Jason, is that a blanket? And he's like, yeah, it's a heated blanket. I was like, oh my god, these kids these days. I don't like to. I like to be as cold as possible. I don't. I hate being hot. So a heated blanket ain't gonna work for me. But that might just be because I'm because I'm 400 pounds now. So it might have. Something Let's to do all with sit it. around and drink white claws with heated blankets tonight, guys. What do you want to watch? Living our best lives. I mean. People are probably doing that in quarantine right now. It's 56 out right now. It's hotter than 56. That's good. I've been outside. It's hotter than 56. So, Casey, to your point, we were not hungover yesterday. We were driving back from Tybee Island yesterday. We went down on Wednesday. We came back on Monday, and we had a good time. We, we social. So, I, like I said before, I've only been around two other families, Freddie and his brother and his wife. Dave and his family. So all of us got together, a house of 12 or 14 of us, and off we went to Tybee Island. And just like that, Casey left the show. One time you talk about, you know, poor Casey, we try to try to tell her what we're doing, and she just leaves. Just She just exited our Zoom. I assume she's still recording with her voice note, so I guess we'll just keep going without her. <laughs> Gotta love technology. Uh, I really want to hear, though, you know, when they came down with us, still Freddie, and they said teams can bring 16 people on their roster. Um, we talked about that last week, how that's kind of a lot. I was curious to see if if any Xfinity people, obviously Xfinity is sponsoring the entire series. So I was curious to see if any Xfinity execs, if they wanted to come. And look, if I live in Philadelphia, I wouldn't want to fly down and do the whole travel thing. But I was curious to see if Casey had any insight on, on whether or not they would like to actually let those guys you know, sponsors come in to watch the race from somewhere because obviously they've got as much invested in the series as anybody. Yeah, and I, I know I noticed that um, Xfinity Series is actually less. I think it's fourteen people for the Xfinity Series. I don't know why. What the difference would be between the two series or do doing the same thing? But yeah, it'd be interesting to see Casey's side of it. I, I we kind of seen a breakdown of the roster yesterday. We can talk about that for a second. Like, I, I mean, what do you need? There's two truck drivers on the roster to drive an hour and a half down the road. So obviously, these teams are going to take advantage of that. So who's ever in that second roster spot of the, as a hauler driver is not going to be a hauler driver. There's no need for a second hauler driver to go here. You, know, you, um, you sure, man? It's like 100 miles from Charlotte to Darlington. I could drive a hauler from here to Darlington. I mean, I never sat behind the wheel of one of my life. But just interesting to see how the how it broke down. I was surprised to see. I mean, the breakdown was kind of what we expected. Driver, crew chief, spotter. And then only four, I think four or five road crew guys. That's to get the so, car through tech, obviously. So, so that's uh, seven, eight guys. Then five for the pit crew, still only 12. So now you have four people, hauler drivers, 13. So now you're still three people that really, I can't figure out a reason why they need to be there. Yeah. Hey, Casey, welcome back. back. We were just kind of breaking down the roster, and Brett wanted to know. She can't hear you. She um, got her headphones in yet. Come on. Casey, what happened? Uh, My Zoom decided to just peace out and reset. Sorry, I, I don't know, know what got, happened. It exited out. I don't know out. if you got like pressure on your bladder and had a, just an emergency exit because I've heard that can happen while you're pregnant. Um, emergency it exit. does. I know for a fact. In fact, she's kicking me on the inside, not the outside, which is 
a horrible feeling. But no, this was Zoom, unfortunately. Oh, well, welcome back. So Freddie and I were curious, like if Xfinity executives wanted to come to this race, is there a way to work them into roster spots on teams? Or were they basically just like, hey, this is a race team only thing? Um, according to NASCAR, no, no sponsors. I mean, I don't even think PR reps are coming to the track. So we have not asked because there's not really a need for us. Um, and it's also a, you know, a lot of corporations also have travel bans right now, um, for their own safety. So I haven't asked the question, um, but I'd imagine no. I mean, the, I think everything is essentially virtual, so... Yeah, we're we're a big team. Obviously, you know, Stuart Haas Racing, 400 people in a shop uh, normally. However, under these situations, uh, we've been completely um, isolated from one another. For example, our engineering group is allowed to be around each other, but they're not allowed to be around our shop crew or allowed to be around our road crew. So it's been interesting talking to my engineers and my guys. It's, it's their biggest struggle is crossing all the T's, dotting all the I's, making sure all the communication is there because they're not all in the same room, looking at the car at the same time. Everything is being done almost remotely for the people who make the decisions. And obviously the guys in the shop are, are the ones responsible for doing the work and singing the car. Um, Freddie, what are your guys doing? Uh, they just started, they went back to work on Monday. Uh, as far as I know, I don't know, not even sure how many of them were in the shop. I know a handful. I know I talked to my car chief. He was in there. Um, so I, I don't know. You know, like we said last week, we don't have a big enough team to where we can keep our road crew guys and our shop guys separate. You know, we might be able to keep half of them at home. But, you know, you're talking the five or six guys that we have that go to the track every week all work in the shop full time on a regular basis. So, you know, I, I would imagine most of them are in the shop getting the cars ready. And they're going to be the same guys that are at the track on Sunday. They were telling me, too, like they went to the sim unit uh, for Clint to run some laps, obviously, at Darlington. And it, usually you go in with a whole bunch of people. This time they only let two people go in with them. So, uh, again, I think technology is has been our friend. As bad as this pandemic has been, thank goodness for technology or we'd all be homeless by now. Yeah, 100 percent. Just and, and get back on that. What we talked about right was Casey came back, you know. Like, what's the, I don't, you know, we talk about no sponsors are allowed. What's to stop you, Brett, we're going to, well, I'm going to use one of your guys as an example, uh, Rusty Rush. Why can't Rusty Rush be the second hauler driver this week? He's got a hard card. The guy can drive the hauler, I'm sure, if he wanted to. You know what I mean? So, like, I feel like that was kind of what we were talking about last week. They've got slots on these rosters that aren't necessary. You know what I mean? There, this should not be an option for you could slide somebody in there that doesn't really need to be there, like a second hauler driver or those two or three spots for your your competition director or, you know, guys that I feel like just don't need to be there sh- shouldn't have an option to go. It's little things too. Like, I mean, reading some of the rules that, that we're reading going into the weekend, the hauler driver obviously drives the hauler to the racetrack. He parks the hauler. He unloads the hauler. He tends to the hauler all weekend. What that means is he cleans it and makes sure where the parts and pieces are where they're supposed to be when the guys come in and out. But he also a lot of times is a cook. Well, they've told us point blank, no grills allowed to be fired up at all at the racetrack. All of our food has to either be brought with us or we can send a truck driver out to get it from like a caterer or a McDonald's or whatever and bring it back to us. So... Um, even the little things like, you know, what are we going to eat? Well, you better pack your cooler if you're a spotter because you're not allowed in the garage. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, I think really the goal here is that they're trying to avoid people like groups of people being getting together, um, 
you know, if if you, let's say there's some sort of picture that goes live of a team like huddling around and not wearing masks or, I mean, one person gets sick, who knows what it means for the sport. So I think the measures that they're taking is really necessary, especially since a lot of people's jobs are on the line here um, and, and their health is on the line. So I think NASCAR is really just trying to do their best to make sure all of that is avoided. If somebody does, if you can do your job from home, then you're doing your job from home. Um, yeah. I, I look at this coronavirus and I know that it's a real thing, right? I mean, I, I know it's a, I know it's a problem, but when I look at us as a sport, I truly believe that I can social distance at the racetrack just as good as I can social distance at Lowe's or at Target or at the grocery store or on a beach or anywhere else. Race Racetracks are outdoors and they're gigantic properties for the most part. We just got to be smart and get through this first one. I mean, I think we all agree being the first one back, you're under a microscope and every media outlet in the country is probably going to be watching this broadcast, hoping to find us do something wrong just to be able to come at us. So it's key for all of us to do the right things, which is go through these health screenings, wear our masks, stay six feet apart and do our job. The really good news is, though, for me, once the green flag starts, once the green flag drops and our race starts, all this is all this other stuff is just I mean, you say BS, but it's BS because then you got a job to do for 400 miles. That's all you're going to worry about. Yeah, we saw – you kind of saw yesterday, I think it was Pockers that tweeted it, kind of an outline for, you know, if somebody does catch it and then they infect anybody else, those people are out. You know, they're they're going to be self-contained you know contained for 14 days. So I think that's why you see a lot of emphasis on the drivers. Um, we've heard that the drivers are really going to be in your motorhome. You come out of your motorhome with your helmet in your hand – Put your helmet on before you get around anybody else. Uh, get in the car and go and get out, you know, and, and, and distance yourself as much as possible. So, you know, it's just going to be super interesting. As long, I'm like Brett said, as long as everybody does their part, you know, it's not like, you know, it shouldn't be very difficult, especially for us. We'll be on the roof or wherever, grandstands. You think, hey, Brett, you, um, I seen somebody ask this, and we might have, I don't know if it made X DBC or not, but um, how do you feel about driving our first laps in a new spotter stand being the, lap one of the race like we have no idea really what kind of angles to expect i mean we've seen a couple of them in practice but not like side by side 20 deep yeah i think it's going to be challenging i mean i've i've been fortunate enough to sit literally all the way around that racetrack i've been going for god i hate to say 40 years but i've been going to this damn place for 40 years i went to my first race at four years old 1979 at this racetrack so um Man, I'm telling you, the higher we are, the closer to turn four we are, the better. The, the, the lower we are and the closer we are to turn one, ooh, that's a problem. It's going to make, make it really difficult. And, and what I don't want to see happen here is I don't want to see a team have an advantage because of where his spotter got to stand. And where we typically go in these, these spotter stands, we don't ever see that. But if you get one guy in the right spot here, he's going to have an advantage because that vantage point is extremely important coming off turn four. So how does that work? Will it be like first come, first serve? Once you get there, you pick your spot and that's it? Or, um, Casey, I have a memo that says I have to arrive at 11.45 a.m. to be health screened. And from there, I cannot go inside of the garage. And where, where, where we are allowed to stand will be determined once the, the, that we're on site. Um, we, however, have seen some maps. Uh, Rick Corelli, another spotter, sent us some maps from where they plan to put us and Again, there are areas within that map that are better spots than others, and that's not typically the case. Hey, I go at 12, so save me a spot. 
<laughs> Six feet away. Toward turn one. <laughs> no TJ today, guys. He's uh, babysitting his own kids. Uh, we feel sure. Or he's eye racing. Him and Tim Duggar may have an eye race that they're hosting right now. But uh, we're going to kick this thing off and hopefully put on a good show for you guys. Last one with the pandemic having us suspended, we hope. Well, uh, before we get started, let's hear more about our presenting sponsor, OfferPad. Man, after vacationing down at Tybee Island over the weekend, I think I'm officially going to sell my house and move to the coast. Yeah, me too, Brett. We could buy a house together. But before that, we need to sell our current homes. And OfferPad.com is the easiest way to make that happen. Yes, OfferPad wants to buy your home. All you need to do is visit the website, tell OfferPad about your home, and you'll receive an offer within 24 hours. It's that simple. Brett, we can be moved into our new beach house in no time. Let's go to OfferPad.com and fill out that form now. Well, we're going to have to find one with a bigger hot tub than the last one we had because that didn't, that didn't work too good, man. But I'm already one step ahead of you. I've already got my offer and am ready to pick my own closing date. So be like Brett and Freddie when it's time to make a move and use OfferPad.com. Spot on, spot on, you like it, spot off, you don't like it, and you say why either way. First topic, only the driver will be allowed in victory lane for a photo with the trophy and winning team members not allowed to make direct contact. How about you, Freddie? Spot on, spot off. Both. Is that allowed? Sure. I mean, I'm spot on for no contact. You know, you're, you're doing the best you can to kind of social distance here and and limit the amount of contact. So you don't want guys hugging on each other and, and high-fiving. But, I mean, you can have a victory lane. If you win the race, you're going to want to celebrate. And the I can't imagine watching guys jump over the wall and air high-five each other on pit road. is going to look ridiculous. So, um, you know, let the guys go to victory lane. They, they, can, they can figure out a way to get – I mean, maybe we didn't need 16 of them down there in victory lane again. But, uh, you know, there, there's surely a way where we could figure out how to get in a victory lane and, and social distance ourselves to have the team part of the celebration where you can at least get in the picture and, and, and take some kind of part in your win. We're a team sport, but here's what this message says to me. The driver's lives matter, and they matter a hell of a lot. The last thing that we want to see happen is one of our superstars get the coronavirus and have to go sit at home for 14 days and miss two, maybe three, maybe four races the way they're aligning these races. They haven't come out with the rest of the schedule as of when we're filming our podcast here, but this tells me that only letting the driver in there with the trophy says, hey, he's our guy, he's important. We're not giving this guy any reason in any kind of hugging situation or celebratory situation, champagne spraying. He's not getting the coronavirus on our watch. Now, if he leaves here and goes and gets it at home, that's on him. Yeah. I mean, they're, 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 a lot of their rules, I feel like, are starting to kind of contradict themselves. Like, we want to bring all these people to the track now, but we don't want to be near anybody. So why are we bringing them all is my question. You know, like, why we don't need this many people here. So, and this just proves the point to where – you know, if you don't want this many people around, why are you bringing them all? And 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 the other thing we looked at, and we were talking about this while we were on um, You know, we're looking at this. We're coming back first. You can argue the fact that UFC came back first, but that was a pay per view event last week. They had 300 athletes and somehow came up with 1,200 tests to take for these athletes, and we have no tests. So I mean, if if we're gonna if you want to do this safe. 
and 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 you could test these people, get you know, get a hold of these tests and test everybody. Then we can do whatever the hell we want because now you, you know, I mean, these guys got helmets on, most of them, um, you know, gloves, all kind of safety equipment. Everybody's gonna be wearing masks. So why can't if you if you could figure out a way to get a hold of these tests like this, these other sports can, we can we can high five each other, we can shake hands, fist bump, whatever the hell you want to do. But I don't know. There's, a, there's just a lot of contradiction in the in the rules. Of, I think. You know, the, the key to bringing this many people back to the racetrack is we have an opportunity to put on a very special show. A, we're the first sport back. B, we had over a million people watch iRacing that have never watched a NASCAR race. So we've got an opportunity there to recruit some new fans on both those fronts, being first and those iRacing things that we had going on on Fox. And we don't want to come in here and have a scenario happen like the race that you spotted. I think it was in Phoenix, Freddie, where you had all those problems because we don't have a technology in place to not do hot pit stops. Our whole model is around hot pit stops. So I think we had to let... All those pit crew guys come so that we didn't look like a muck football on national television being the first race back. Then the second thing is we got this clock where when we crash, we only have an X amount of minutes to be able to go out and fix our car or we're kicked out of the race. Those pit crew guys can't fix the car. All they can do is change tires and jack the car up and gas the car. They're not car guys. They used to be, but they're not anymore. So I think when NASCAR looked at it as a whole, that's maybe where the number 16 came from was we got to have enough people to fix these guys' cars if they crash them. And guess what? We're going to Darlington. People are going to hit the wall. And we got to put on a great show. And a way to do that is that pit crews there. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if you think about every possible scenario, like every possible need for a person, while it may look like they have too many people, they've clearly thought of why they need this one person and why they need this many crew members. Uh, I don't know if you guys watched, but World of Outlaws came back last week or last Friday, and it was really the same scenario. I mean, every single person was wearing a mask. Um, interviews, they had their own mic, and they lysoled the mic. Victory Lane, um, I think they helped, the crew guys helped him, help David, who won for like a second, but then they had to leave, and Victory Lane did, looked nothing like it normally did. So, I mean, this is the normal for, the new normal for a while, I think. We're starting to adapt, and after a few weeks, it'll kind of become a thing of the past, honestly. I hope so. I hope it's temporary normal. I hope it's not a new normal. Spot on, spot off. Chicagoland is rumored to potentially be sold and never raced on again. Freddie. Man, spot off for, for ever losing any kind of date, I mean, any kind of racetrack. Um, you know, you never want to see that go. Obviously, now some stuff's coming out today. That you know maybe the, the the image that got leaked of the track being part of the land that got sold isn't exactly accurate. It's more of a parking lot and a smaller piece of the property than what a lot of people think. Uh, I think that's probably some PR moves to kind of slow the slow the roll down. I, unfortunately, I, I think we're probably done at Chicago, um, but I think there's opportunities. We've heard rumors in the past of maybe maybe raising a street course in Chicago around maybe around the football field parking lot. So I think there's opportunities to save the market. You know, sucks to lose the racetrack, but Chicago's a pretty big market. I think we need to figure out a way to stay in that area. It's uh first time I heard about this two weeks ago, my phone rang, and it was a dude on the other end of the line, and he said, hey, I got something for you. I said, what do you got? He said, they're selling Chicago land. Amazon is buying it. We're never racing there again. And I was like, no, there's no way this is possible. Then a couple weeks go by and you see a tweet about it and you're like, man, this thing's growing legs. And then, you know, you start reaching out to industry people and it's like, man, Chicago lands in real trouble. The, the land 
sitting there is worth more than the racetrack is operating as a racetrack, which is obviously a good move for ISC back in the day, which now NASCAR owns. And I, I've said, I don't know if I said it on the show, when those guys started buying up all those racetracks, buying all that stock back, they were getting into the real estate business. And this is proof of that. I can just tell you, Chicago is the third biggest market in the United States of America. The other market that's rumored on Twitter to potentially be sold as Auto Club Speedway. That is the second largest market in the United States of America. I would hate to see NASCAR exit those markets for sponsors because I've worked with sponsors that markets are key, and, and I'm working with an ag-based sponsor now. Nutrinac Solutions is the largest ag retailer in the world. Illinois, in one county of Illinois, they grow more corn than or grow as much corn as the whole state of North Carolina. So when you look at the ag companies that are here, like the Cal Basgro, they sponsor Clint Boyer, like Brandt, they sponsor Junior Motorsports, like obviously Nutrinac Solutions sponsor Ross Chastain. When you see these these markets get affected, and Casey, you can speak to this too. Obviously, the Xfinity Series being out of Philadelphia, Pocono's a big market for you, Dover's a big market for you. Um, when we see these kinds of announcements gets leaked. NASCAR may be on the winning side of this, but a lot of times sponsors and teams are not. And when I when I saw they tried to come back yesterday and they were like, well, we could run somewhere else close like a street course. Well, I'm sitting there looking at this thing and I'm like, man, it's got to be in the Midwest. Like it's got to be in Iowa. It's got to be a road America. It's got to be a mid-Ohio. They take the Cup Series 2 to, to dig us out of this hole because for sp- some sponsors, I mean, think about Jimmy John's. That guy, his his company has spent a gazillion dollars in this sport. He's out of Champaign, Illinois. You think this is a big hit to a guy like this? I mean, it, that's that's where I don't think race race fans look at it as, oh man, I'm not going to get to watch a, a a race potentially at Chicago Land, which oh by the way is a phenomenal mile and a half surface. But from the business side, holy cow, you can hear the vacuum of this thing and phones blowing up, going, what's going on here? Which is why I had to start doing some recon and go, hey, what's what's going on here? People want answers. Yep, I was just about to say the same thing. I think there is a lot more to it, especially on the NASCAR side when it comes to sponsors, because there are quite a few partners in NASCAR, like NAS- like NASCAR sponsors, you know, Xfinity being one of them, where Chicago is a, a huge market. I mean, you have the city, but the, the Midwest for racing in general, you can't you can't remove something like that. So I'd imagine they're probably looking at all their options. I hope the that blueprint was false. Um, but I think over the coming weeks, they'll, we'll probably see some more information come come through just on where their head is at. And But I mean, I think this, with this pandemic, I don't see anything personally going on anytime soon. But you guys would probably know better. I think there's a big push for one of these street courses somewhere in in you know, you talk about Mid Ohio and Road America. Those are those are established road courses. Obviously, I think you're going to see some kind of street course, whether it be in a in a parking lot in in whether it's you know the football stadium in Chicago or somewhere in L.A. You know, to, to if we get rid of Auto Club to get rid of you know save those markets. But I think there's some and it, and it's got it's got to be financially beneficial to ISC or NASCAR where you don't own this giant piece of property anymore. Now you know you're going to have the same date, the same market. And you're renting space essentially to come in and set up a track for a week, and then they just tear it down as soon as we're gone. So you know that's it's got to be financially beneficial for them also. But I think there's a lot of push for it, and I'm I'm pretty excited to to maybe get a street course on the on the schedule. Never forget, man, where they built this place. It was in the middle of a bunch of cornfields, and now everything around it's blown up. You know, and it's obviously a suburb. I mean, it's 45 minutes to Chicago. Obviously, if there's no traffic, like. 
That's valuable, valuable land. But when you look at it, like we look at Charlotte Motor Speedway, they have concerts out there. They have Christmas lights. They obviously have a lot of dates. I mean, they got three cup races just right here at this one track. You look at Chicago land. We only go there once. Could you imagine owning a business that you only have one major event a year? It makes it difficult. I can't imagine the overhead they're sitting on versus the revenue model. And look, TVs are a big revenue model. That's not going away. But if this, this piece of property is worth as much money as we hear it's worth, it's a business decision. You can't fault those guys for that. But yeah. that the, the fallout for sponsors and teams, oh, can be tough. Yeah, and this, uh, you look at the two properties that you're talking about here, you know, Auto Club and Fontana, I mean, and Joliet, Chicagoland, it's the same. You know, it's essentially the same. It's industrial parks. It's surrounded by, you know, commercial industrial buildings or uh, into, um, Fontana's got a mall right down the street. I mean, it's valuable land. That, you know, like we just saw in the last couple of years in Chicagoland, a gigantic, what is it, Ikea, Brett? I think it's an Ikea building went up right across the street. Looks like I mean, a two million square foot warehouse. Yeah, I mean, so you, you know how valuable the land is right there to be surrounded by all that stuff. What is OfferPad? Well, put simply, we're your online home buyer. OfferPad is the modern home selling solution with a personalized human touch that lets you skip all the traditional headaches. We buy your home from you so you can move forward the moment you're ready. We've had the pleasure of helping thousands of happy home sellers, and we'd love to help you. Getting started is easy. Go to OfferPad.com, enter basic information about your home, and the next day, we'll send you a great offer. It's free, and there's no obligation. Why is Offer pad the better way because we give you what traditional selling can't certainty and control selling to offer pad means no showings you pick your closing day and we'll even move you locally for free we have a 94 satisfaction score and a a plus bbb rating for a reason it truly is a better way so start thinking about where you want to live next get excited about making that move with offer pad you're sold go to offerpad.com and request your free purchase offer today offer pad move freely it's time to find out who's as fast as Xfinity Internet with Xfinity Fastlane. We have six questions to answer and they have 10 seconds to respond to each. Question number one Toyota has won four of the last five Darlington races and the last three Charlotte Oval races. Will racing the next four events at those two tracks give Joe Gibbs Racing an edge? Freddie, how about you? Yeah, I think so. We've said the this is going to benefit the best-funded teams, and JGR is the best-funded team. No surprise, Kyle and Danny are the betting favorites this week. Brett? Well, this kind of pisses me off to read this. I wanted to go into this weekend with a lot of optimism, but you're trying to ruin it, Casey. Oh, man, I, I, I completely see what, obviously, the, the record book's saying here, but they're up against a lot, a lot of obstacles. It won't be as easy as it was last year. NASCAR announced Sonoma's 2020 date will be replaced by the second Charlotte Oval Race on May 27th. Should another road course event have replaced this date? How about you, Brett? Man, I want to say yeah, but I don't know where to go right now. They're only letting us race in South Carolina and, and, and North Carolina. So, you know, North Carolina doesn't really have a lot of attractive road courses. South Carolina, to my knowledge, only really has one in Kershaw. Cup cars have never been there. There's no data to give teams. Uh, NASCAR was put in a the corner. They did the right thing. Yeah, I agree. I mean, would have been nice to have an option, but they don't have one. So you got to do whatever it takes to get these races in. Question number three, do you think Kyle Larson will watch this weekend's race at Darlington? Freddie. Uh, maybe. I don't know. 
I'm sure you might check in on it. <laughs> Brett. If I'm Kyle, Kyle, I'm sorry. If I'm Kyle Larson, I'm not watching a single lap of this race. I think it would be heartbreaking to have to sit there and watch this for three hours. There's no way I could do it. It'd be nice if there was a sprint car race going on at the same time for his sake. Yeah. Question number four. Darlington has featured nine consecutive different winners. Will that streak continue or will someone repeat in the next two races? Freddie. Uh, I think it continues. I think uh, I see a guy like there's too many good guys on the list to not think it could continue. Kyle, Joey are both on there, so I'll I'll go with continues. Well, I'm gonna pull a TJ, and I'm gonna say my guy wins, and I'm gonna say that because I'm from close to there, and I've got a trophy sitting right up here. Oh, from Darlington in Xfinity race, I don't have a cup win at Darlington. I've had a bunch of damn close finishes there. I want to win at Darlington. Go, Clint Boyer. Since NASCAR will be one of the only professional sports on TV this weekend, what's your 10-second pitch to have a new fan tune in and watch their first race? Brett. Fast cars and fast women. Let's go racing, boys. Woo! Yeah. (laughs) That's what what you got? Seriously? Well, I was kind of put on the spot. I didn't really read that one until just now. He's in the marketing business, folks. That is our, that's our chief marketing Bikinis officer at DBC. Bikinis right and beer. <laughs> Mine's not going to be a whole lot better, I'm sure. I don't know what the hell I'm going to say. I mean, get a beer, sit down. Watch. You ain't got shit else to do. <laughs> watch a race. Wait. If you if you honestly, be honest here, iRacing, it's not real. It's a video game. If a million new people tuned in to watch that, these guys' lives are on the line. They're going to go 200 miles an hour. When they hit the wall, it's for real. It's like getting punched by Mike Tyson in the ribs. Like the sensation of speed, 200 miles an hour. There's all kinds of reason to watch it. Um, but for our sport, it's always been about people. So I think that's the ultimate thing is the personalities. And look, we're going to see – hopefully we see we, – we've only got one pit reporter there, right? Regan Smith's running up and down pit road. Uh, the other Fox people are back in the Charlotte studio. Like their challenge to tell our story is going to be the hardest it's ever been because people still NASCAR fans are, are NASCAR fans because of the people in our sport. Obviously, our sport's entertaining too, but we're in the people business. We're in the relationship business. I, I can't wait to go back and watch this broadcast to see how they cover us. Off the wall question. Barstool Sports' Dave Portnoy won a charity auction to watch an NFL game at the commissioner's house, who he has openly ridiculed in the past. Name someone famous that you've disagreed with that you'd like to have dinner with to air your grievances. Brett, you have to have a list. Yeah, but I don't want to air my grievances. I'm pretty happy with them all. Uh, Maybe Mike Harmon. Maybe we'll meet at Applebee's. Do something like that. Kyle Busch, he pissed me off in a truck race years ago, and I still ain't over it. So Kyle Busch, I'll pick him. Freddie, I don't, I don't know. There's so many people. That's every dinner me and Brett have is airing our grievances with each other. Neither one of us are famous though, except for the million people listening to this deal. I don't know Dave Portnoy. Obviously, just through a little bit of social media, I don't follow a lot of what he does and says. Uh, 
but but obviously a marketing genius, obviously a content genius. And for him to get thrown out of all these NFL events that Freddie was explaining to me about, like how hilarious is that? This guy's got $400 million. He can't even attend an NFL game. And here he is. He's bought a dinner at the commissioner's house. Genius. I mean, it's, it's a genius move. Genius. And we're talking about it, so obviously he did something. I mean, mean, this guy, everything this guy does, I don't know if you, Brett, you probably don't pay attention to him, but he just started opening packages at his house one day, and it took off into a media frenzy on his barstool deal. Like, he gets hundreds and hundreds of boxes and packages shipped to his house now and spends a couple hours opening them each night. So did you guys ever watch Homeland? I caught up and got to the series finale a couple weeks ago, and it was so interesting to see how the story played out. Man, I am a Homeland addict. I can't wait to watch the last season. I'm all the way up to date, though. I've got one season left. I've never never even seen it. What? What an idiot. It's the best show ever. (laughs) Well, good news, Freddie. It's Xfinity Watchathon week now through May 17th, and you can catch not just Homeland, but billions too. For Xfinity customers, there's free access to the best shows and movies from Showtime, Stars, and for the first time ever, Hulu and Peacock. Man, you know I love 30 Rock. Well, of course Peacock is on there. I cannot wait to catch up on Parks and Rec. Well, I've got this week on the couch plan before we get back to the track. Just say, show me Watchathon into your Xfinity X1 voice remote to start watching now. And be sure to tweet at us and let us know what you've been watching. I tell you what, you you mentioned something in that in the old Xfinity Fast Lane section there. Kyle Larson um, obviously went through sensitivity training. Obviously reinstated by Sprint Car World. I've been told he's been through sensitivity training in NASCAR, but hasn't asked to be reinstated. Like how long? What what do you think the over under is on that, Freddie? Before he asked to be reinstated. I would think he's going to need to hit. There's no point in asking to be reinstated if you don't have anything to drive. So you know you got to get with some sponsors, get a get a ride. Um, maybe it's not a cup ride. Maybe it's uh, you know he comes and runs a truck race at Eldora. Um, just something you know. Well, we talked about this. You know he he did he came back on Friday or Saturday, whatever day that was, and ran the um, World Outlaw race and 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 run. You know, qualified decent, ran decent, ran top 10, though. I mean, it's not going to cut it coming back and running the top 10. You know, you, you're going to have to pick and choose some races where you end up in victory lane. You kind of get yourself a little bit of notoriety back. And a place like Eldor and a truck will, will do that for him. But like I said, there's no point asking for reinstatement unless you got something to drive. And right now he's got nothing to drive. Yeah, there's no better therapy than doing something you love. It's good to see him back doing something he loves. Guy deserves a second chance. Man, we got some great news here, Door Bumper Clear fans. There's a new line of Dirty Mo merchandise available now for you to buy and sport the Dirty Mo brand. That's right. Go to DirtyMoMedia.com, select the Dirty Mo Media gear tab, and when you check out, use code DBC10, DBC10, to get 10% off your order. Get your gear now. Did you get that tattoo that everybody got in the brand? When, when that Dirty Mo came out, there was this Dirty Mo posse, there's all this DMP. Like, did you get the tattoo? I did not. I watched it. I could smell the skin burning, and I'm not. How many guys do you think got that brand? Four or five. Yeah. Josh. Did Josh Schneider get it? Yeah, the Josh is the worst one. Mitch Lash. 
Josh is the worst one because they did it once and they thought they didn't do it good enough, so they heated it back up. Oh, they branded him twice? Right over the old one. And you could smell it, and it was the worst thing ever, so I didn't do it. Oh, I don't blame you. Not doing it. Ask DBC. Send in your questions 24-7 on Twitter using the hashtag AskDBC. First question is from Willie3131. How will spotters pass along driver communication to other spotters with social distancing? Freddie. Uh, we're building six-foot poles. We're going to whack the <laughs> out of each other to, you know, get You're off my door. You're going to need a six-foot, one-inch pole. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got a little reach. You know, you can extend it and, and drill the guy. Uh, I don't know. I guess hand signals. Uh, it's going to be tough. You just kind of have to work together and, and, and get the guy next to his attention to get the guy next to him and so on. Uh, the only thing we really need practice is kind of more important than the race. Um, only time it really comes up in a race is pit stops. So you're going to have, you know, a handful of those throughout the race. But other than that, you know, it's, it's not really necessary. You know, it's a lot of times you go down and tell the guy to get the hell out of your way or, or stop racing you so hard. So that's not really, uh, a grave concern this week. Yeah, we can use a lot of hand signals for a lot of things. I think the two biggest things we typically talk to somebody about is a if we're the leader or in the lead group of cars and we're catching some of the slower cars and i think freddie made a comment last night in our spotter group me about how are we going to get uh joey gase and reed Sorensen out of our way or something um because that's typically look there's a couple spotters up there clayton hughes earl barbin like when they're leading the race they want everybody else to just pit and get out of their way and they come tap you on the shoulder uh and ask you that and it's it's a circus but um for the most part hand signals you know middle fingers uh top fingers we can we can send a lot of messages we use one finger for all of it though one finger down means you're pitting one finger up means you're an idiot uh you know it's just there's a lot of different hand signals but it's all one finger it's amazing please please film this i cannot wait to see how i'm sure it'll be on tv looks how about so? How about this before we go to the next question, Brett? So, did you see? I don't know who it was that tweeted it, but their NASCAR is going to use, um, or I should say, Fox and NBC are going to use more drones because they're, they're not worried nobody's in the grandstands. We're in the grandstands, Jesus! Spotters I mean, lives matter. And I, now I got to spot two things. I got to see if a drone's going to take my head off while I'm spotting a race. Hey, I'll never forget that cable. We were at Charlotte. And they had a new cable system that they were running, and it was right over the trioval. I think we were at Charlotte. I don't think I have a track. It was wrong. Charlotte. It was Charlotte. And the freaking cable broke, and it destroyed Marcus Ambrose's car. And it was seven minutes later, and I was still trying to figure out what the caution was for. <laughs> we had um, at Smyrna this year. I wasn't there, but uh, you know the, the spotter stand. If you ever been to Smyrna, it's just on top of the press box, top of the grandstands. So uh, Mike Herman and Frank Denny were there doing a late model race. And a guy in a parking lot was going to try and fly his drone over the track, you know, get a cool shot of the racetrack. Well, he didn't realize there were spotters on top of the building and the drone flew directly between Herm and Frank Denny. Like they're having a conversation and the drone went right between their faces. And you can imagine how Herm handled that. I'm, I don't know if, if anybody's heard from that guy ever again. But wow. But I mean, I, be spotting up and down this week will be exciting. Oh, man, I cannot wait to hear after uh, what this looks like after. This next question is from Jimmy Bird. NASCAR has always been a fan-friendly sport, being able to get close up and 
close up to the drivers. Uh, garage passes, autograph sessions, all that, they're all far, part of the fan experience. How do you think that changes once fans are back? Brett. Man, I, I think that's to be determined. I think step one, Jimmy, is we got to have fans uh, that can come back to the track and we got to have these orders lifted where we can, you know, have more than 10 people around each other at the time. I mean, and that's a state government thing. That's not up to NASCAR. That's not up to the track. So I think the state government's going to unfortunately have to take the lead on a lot of this stuff. I pray, I cross my fingers, that we get fans back to this racetrack by the 1st of August and by the middle of August, we're back having hospitality, small group, small hospitalities, because it's easier to have people in the grandstand than it is to have corporate hospitalities. Well, without corporate hospitalities, we lose sponsorship leverage. So it's a, it's a tricky thing, man. I can see garage pit passes not being a thing for a while. I mean, I can tell you on a sponsorship side, we're working on, working on you know, virtual meet and greets. Uh, where we're doing, you know, Zoom with 50 people before races and, and even days before races because we're worried about it once we get on property. What happens if, if the cell service is bad because they're not allowing drivers to go into the media centers to have access to Wi-Fi to do these kinds of things. So, man, we're uh, we're taking it one race at a time, Jimmy. I think we're all taking it one day at a time as Americans. And, and I think, yeah, man, let's not get ahead of ourselves. It'll all get back to normal. We just don't know when. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be, by the time, look how much they're protecting the drivers just from the crew guys. So obviously they're not going to let, you know, random fans, obviously when they come back, it'll be a long time before you get that same access to where you're you're face-to-face or shaking hands with your favorite driver. But it's like Brett said, one step at a time, and we just, hopefully we get fans back sometime this year. And then when they come back, hopefully eventually there's some kind of way they can maybe be in the garage, but away from everybody. Um, it's so it's much just, different, though, Freddie. Like watching our sport versus other sports. Rex Chapman is a great follower on Twitter, but the things I see him tweet makes him look like such a pansy. I know right now, no matter what, if if a fan walked up to Clint Boyer or Ross Chastain and put out his hand to shake their hand, those guys are going to accept that handshake. It's because our sport just has a completely different culture. We're not disconnected from our fan base. These guys don't get mad when they're going out to driver intros and a fan touches them on the shoulder. You know, some of the other sports do. So um, I promise you, no matter what happens, no matter what the rules are, our drivers are not disconnected from our fan base. They are one of you guys for the most part. And it's just it's just going to be challenging and be different for a while. Yeah, but Bubba did a um, he, he tweeted one day and he's like, hey, I'm going to go on Instagram live right now. You know, just no, no fanfare. No, it wasn't a wasn't a sponsor deal. He's like, I'm just going on Instagram Live. Everybody, come join me. So then, he, and then he tweeted me to come in there and talk trash to him. So um, I went in there, and what he was doing was he would just pick a random fan, and they had no idea he was doing it. He'd click on their name and put them live in his Instagram Live with them. One guy's laying in bed, no shirt on, and Bubba's in here talking. Hey, what's up, man? What's going on? You're looking forward to racing, getting back going. Like he could have had Jason's electric blanket. <laughs> But, you know, just the way, like, you talk about how we interact with our fans and, and make our fans part of it. I got into a little argument this week with a guy on Twitter because they were about sometimes with their service, TV service provider, um, that there's a, a, a small 10-second maybe delay in the the scanner app versus their TV stream. 
And I said, okay, well, what, what's, what, how long is the delay when you listen to the coach, your favorite football coach call to play or your basketball coach? You don't, you don't hear that stuff. We're the only sport in the world where you can hear our strategy live. Or I'm sorry, it's a 10 second delay. And that's only with certain TV providers. My, Megan and John watch here every week and they say the TV's behind the delay because the TV has its own delay on top of theirs. So, I mean, just the access we give people is amazing. And, and, and obviously it's not going to be exactly what you want right now, but it's better than anything else. So just appreciate what you got and, and we'll get back as soon as we can. The fact that we're providing any access at all during all of this is impressive because you don't see many other sports doing what we're doing. Not only NASCAR, but drivers, like you said, I mean, who you don't see people going on Instagram live as like Bubba Wallace did and for sponsors to We've had to reevaluate what hospitality looks like, but we're still going to make it happen for our guests and for our fans. Um, It's just a matter of time and trying to figure out what makes the most sense. So I think there's definitely more to come, especially now that we're getting back to racing and um, now that there might be some more opportunities to have drivers closer to fans than ever. Last one is from Vince Lewis, 48. If you were to make a NASCAR team driver lineup of just spotters, who would you pick? Brett. Man, I'm going to go with the Green Brothers. They used to uh, they used to spot, obviously, Jeff Green, David Green, both former Bush Series champions, both ran cup races. Jeff uh, was in a little bit better stuff than uh, than David was. And then their, their other brother, Mark Green. If, if I had to come up with three guys to be in my driver team lineup, those guys have won more races and championships than anybody else has ever been on the spotter stand. And they both, all three of them guys were up there for a long time. Still see them every now and then. David now works for NASCAR, uh, but the other two Green Brothers definitely still uh, very much part of the sport. Yeah, I mean, obviously you got another a guy that spots with us now on a weekly basis. Tyler Green is Mark's son. He was a great uh, legend car driver. Really never had the funding to do much more than that. Uh, he's a great driver. Uh, Andy Houston. Another great driver. He's a spotter for Cole Custer now. Was with Austin Dillon for years. He's a you know former Cup Series driver. Uh, Coleman Presley, another one that's really good. Um, same thing. Kind of never really had the funding to. to he make ran the a jump. race for Junior Motorsports, man, at Darlington, and actually did a really good job. I mean, it uh, it's heartbreaking sometimes to see these guys with talent not get that opportunity. Robert Presley's son, Coleman. Yeah, agree. Yeah. Um, even our buddy Hamlin, he he attempted to race for life. He, I said attempted. What's a hey, what's what's Hamlin's uh, what's Hamlin's world record? You yeah, my my claim to fame with Kevin Hamlin was, and we talked about it on DBC when he came on here. Is I didn't know Kevin Hamlin. I mean, I knew who he was, but I didn't know him. I knew he came out of the Northwest. I knew he signed with Chip Ganassi Racing. I knew when he finally got to Chip Ganassi Racing, he didn't have a lot of great opportunities. A lot like Ryan Hemphill. Uh, but but they had those guys locked under contract and they can't go drive for anybody else. Well, Kevin ended up stumping his toe. Next thing you know, he's doing starting park in the Bush Series. And back then it was the Bush Series. Here comes Kevin Hamlin across the stage for driver intros. Here comes Kevin Hamlin taking the green. About lap 30, I look down on a spotter stand and he's spotting for Tony Raines. Next thing you know, I see Tony Raines wreck, and I go down there to the handle. I'm like, hey, man, I don't I don't know you that well, but you just broke a NASCAR record. You're the first guy to DNF as a driver and as a spotter in the same damn race. We've been <laughs> friends ever since. So, uh, fortunately, he's got thick skin. A great guy, good late model driver, uh, just didn't probably have the right opportunity once he got to Xfinity Series. Well, is there anything else we want to talk about? 
And I don't have a rant, but I do have something to say. We've, uh, we're all very fortunate to work in a wonderful sport. And if I'm anything right now, I'm the driver. Like it, it, when I look at a Clint Boyer, look, Clint Boyer's made a lot of money. He set himself up for the rest of his life. But if I'm one of these younger guys, this pandemic is eye-opening for me. It tells me that I can have it all taken away at a moment's notice from something really, really crazy because we've all lost a lot of money in this. A lot of people taking pay cuts. 401ks have gotten hit. Uh, industries are dying, the restaurant industry, the bar industry, all the tourism things that are out there. But if I'm a young race car driver, I show up at Darlington this week as hungry as I've ever been. We've got an opportunity to run the most races we've ever run over a 25-week period right here. And I hope those young guys come back and don't have their little egos stuck out when they really hadn't done anything in this sport yet. And I hope they buckle in tight on Sunday, and I hope they start putting on a big show. Because when we look at the names that transition NASCAR through the years, there's some superstars, megastars in there. And with this opportunity of us coming back first, running midweek races, I want to see those guys step up and put on a show. I don't want to see a riding around at Darlington in a 300-mile race content to run 15th. Go up there, make the move, make the pass. That's why a guy like Kyle Larson can come back from what he did because he's always an entertaining race car driver. These guys are out there. Don't be buddies. You're there to race. I was listening to a podcast this morning Dale Jr. Download with David Allen on there, who helped me get a start in NASCAR. And he said, point blank, Dale Earnhardt was a racer. When you buckle in this week, be a racer. You never know when it may go away from you. So inspirational. Wow. It was deep. Yeah. Well, I was running this morning and I got mad. I was like, some of these guys don't, they don't understand, man. I, I mean, Freddie and I ran into Ryan Reed this weekend. Ryan Re- Reed won. Uh, two races at Daytona in the Xfinity Series. Never got an opportunity to move up because the sponsorship with Diabetes, Lily Diabetes sponsorship went away. Like, that guy thought he had the world by the tail. And then you fast forward three months, and he's out of a job. And he's still a good-looking kid, still a talented kid, and he can't drive right now in NASCAR's top three series because he doesn't have a sponsor. So there's a lot of guys in this Cup Series that are young guys that haven't done anything that pound their chest and live off their egos. Like, hey, go sit on the pole. Go win a race. Then everybody will know how great you are. You won't have to tell them on Twitter. All right. Well, we're headed to Darlington. What is on your mind as we get there? Anything we can expect? Anything the fans should look out for? For me, I ain't going to lie to you. Anxiety. Like, I'm, I'm anxious. I'm anxious about the drive down there, pulling in there to a parking lot that's empty, you know, walking through the gate, you know, having my temperature checked. Um... Ah, just, just, just anxiety. I think the good news is once we go green, we have a job to do. We kind of tune all that out, and it becomes an actual race. But knowing that we've been sitting at home for 60, 70 days, I don't know how many days it is, like knowing the paychecks haven't been coming in, just anxiety. Yeah, I mean, the the biggest thing that you think about right now going into it is my, my biggest concern is just, you know, our, how we're going to spot, you know, what it's going to look like. Because I've never – I mean, I've – I might have showed up to Darlington and hung over a couple of times and ended up sitting in the grandstands doing some practice laps, but uh, never have I done it too deep, twenty wide, you know, twenty deep, too wide, and and that low. Like you, the, you don't understand how much different it is when you're like we talked about last week, three stories lower. You know, you're looking at rooftops instead of you know looking at your door and num- your roof number. So I, I, you know, it just once we get settled into where we know we're going to be standing and you kind of have an idea of what you can see, what you can't see, I'll feel a little bit better. But as of now, like, I don't know, you know, I have no concerns over the 
uh, you know, catching coronavirus, nothing like that. I know from our side we'll be safe. And I'm, I'm sure some of the crew guys, there's guys, I guarantee you, there's guys that don't want to be there. You know what I mean? And as much as it, you know, it's just, you know, they have, you know, kids at home or stuff like that, that, that probably feel like it's unsafe, but they have to go because it's their job. So, you know, it's just a lot of that going around and, and a lot of the uncertainty is, you know, going to cause anxiety, like Brett said. But I think once everybody gets there and we get in the rhythm of things these next couple of weeks, you know, everybody will see that it's safe and, and we're going to have to adjust to doing our jobs and they're going to have to adjust to doing theirs. And uh, we'll, you know, go from there. But just a lot of the unknowns right now are causing, you know, some uncertainty amongst the groups. That's, I mean, that's on the competition side. On the business side, you know, it's the middle of May. This is when we're having conversations about next year. It's when we're laying out new activation plans. It's when we're looking at our metrics and realizing where we've had great return and where we need better return and where we want realignment and what markets are important and what the schedule's going to look like. We can't do any of that when we're not racing. So when we would be marketing our, our sport to new sponsors and marketing teams to new drivers and drivers to new teams and sponsors, none of that can go on. And, and you know, we don't have the modeling that these other professional sports have. Uh, our revenue model has to have purses paid out and we have to have sponsorship coming in. And it's been nerve wracking sitting here watching this whole thing play out. So, you know, people I've, I've had people tweet at me saying, you know, I don't take this serious. Let me tell you something. I sat in my house for 60 days. I think that's taking it serious. Um, but I also understand economics and a whole industry with a potential to implode if we don't do the right thing here and do it the right way. And then we're under a microscope. We're going to have to do those things the right way. But as anxious as I am, I'm also excited because what a great opportunity uh, running different races. I mean, we haven't run a 400 mile race at Darlington and I couldn't tell you when. You know, it used to be in the spring, we'd run a 400-mile race. In the fall, we'd go run the Southern 500. Like, we're going to run a 300-mile race on Wednesday. We'll know more about it after Sunday, and we get to talk about it on Monday. But so many new things, so many new TV times, so many new days, so many new eyeballs that we've got an opportunity to go out there and attract. I can't wait. Well, I'm very excited to say that we finally get to do our DBC picks for Darlington. Uh, just to quickly recap, Brett leads TJ by a score of 3-2-1. Um, and now with Freddie being added to the mix, let's see if he can go first and uh, maybe take this over. So here's the deal. We understand TJ's crying because now I have four extra drivers that he doesn't have or Brett doesn't have. So what I'm going to do is voluntarily pick four guys that these guys have already picked and just take them off my list from now, you know, for the rest of the year. So, so, so Freddie, you're telling me you're willing to forfeit four drivers and start at zero because TJ's crying and spilled milk. Yeah, I, I don't want to list because what's going to happen is I'm going to kick his ass no matter what. I'm probably going to kick your ass too, to be honest with you. And I don't want to listen to either one of you complain when it happens. But I know that TJ's already complaining about it. So we'll just do this as fair as I could possibly think to do it right now. And, and I'll pick out four guys here that you guys have already picked and we'll just take them off my list. So let me look here. You both pick Kyle Busch. We'll just take Kyle Busch off my list. Well, Ross Chastain, that's not fair because he's probably not racing anymore. Oh, he's racing a Coke 600. Is he racing? All right, take Ross Chastain off my list. I There's won't pick him then. There's your freebie. That's a good one. Hell, take Joey Logano off there too. I don't need Joey Logano that. either. You just pissed in TJ's cornflakes right there. <laughs> just, just take him off of there. Take Tyler Reddick off also. So wow. hot rookie are- shoe. Those are four, four. Those are my four picks I already used this year. And let's see. I got this week. I'll come out the gate strong. I'll take Denny Hamlin. Who's TJ got, Freddie? 
TJ selects Martin Truex Jr. Wow, that's who I was going to get. I'll tell you what, I'm going to go out and I'm going to gamble big right here. Real big. You're going to think I'm crazy. You're going to take somebody that nobody wants. Matt Kenseth, he's my guy this week because wow. I've already got a big lead. Matt Kenseth hadn't raced in 14 months, hadn't run a lap in these new cars. I don't want TJ coming in about anything else. So Freddie gave up four drivers. I'll pick a guy that's never been in a Ganassi race car, hadn't been on a Chevrolet, and I don't know when either. Uh, nonetheless, Matt Kenseth. All right. Well, Freddie, that was very admirable of you. I'm, I give you props. Uh, it's just, you know, I don't want to listen to him guy. cry. I, I don't want to listen to him cry the rest of the year. So that's as, the best I could do for him. I think I've never been as excited to do a podcast as I'm going to be on Monday. We'll actually <laughs> have a race to talk about. Oh. I racing. I felt like every single podcast, every single article, everything was about I racing. So if if and I love I racing. I think it's cool. It's a great platform. Look, it it may have saved our sport for all we know. I mean, because we had relevance during a time when no other sport could find relevance, and we had our main guys out there, you know, racing and on on videos and doing interviews. And man, it was it was it was great for the first two weeks, and then it kind of got on my nerves. And people about it got on my nerves. And then North Wilkesboro, we watched. It was awesome. Cool racetrack. I remember going there as a kid. Uh, wish we could open it back up, but we can't. And now it's time to turn your computers off, turn your TVs on, and we'll be back at the racetrack. I can't wait for Monday's show because we're also going to have a lot to talk about, man. There's a Tuesday Xfinity race after that, another Wednesday race after that. Then we're racing at Charlotte after that. Like We're going to have three races in between podcasts. Insane. Should be fun. Thank Jesus. Well, thank Hallelujah. Kumbaya, my lord. I I need a yeah. Don't ever sing that song again. I heard that song four thousand times this week. Uh, Our friend Uh, Dog Treat Dave, he uh, was at the beach with us, and he sang Kumbaya, my lord, a lot. Dog Treat Dave, if if you go back and look at some of uh, Brett's tweets from the weekend or week, whatever it was. Dog Tree Dave might be the most talented individual I've ever met in my life. He at one point was drinking a beer, flying a kite, and playing catch with his son, football, and and doing all three simultaneously. It was probably one of the more incredible athletic feats and I've ever seen in my life. And he's handicapped. I mean, he's a full-blown handicap <laughs> with a cane. You know, he got hurt uh, being a cop up in New York, so he's he's doing four things at the same one time. He's being handicapped, and he's doing all that. He's probably chewing gum, too. Five things at one time. There was only one day where he had to hand his cane off to Brett, so that was a good sign. So, so it was good. Yeah. I think I didn't eat enough on Friday. I think mimosas on an empty stomach are a terrible I idea. Think, I was going to say, I don't I drink mimosas. You should try to lose some weight. And mimosas are really good for those of you who haven't had them. But let me tell you something. Do not ever start drinking mimosas, especially on an empty stomach. Terrible idea. Real bad. No, did. Hold on. We survived. Hey, we did. It's fun to have fun. Casey, you look amazing today. I hope you have a great week. Thank you. Did I see a – Did I see a, um, well, there's two things we got to razz Casey about a little bit. One, I saw a wedding picture recently. Oh, I my was God. I was Day. waiting for But I think we to... also I saw a baby – I thought you were to say you were wasted. I was like, you can't be wasted. You're pregnant. <laughs> oh, no, no. But I think we saw a baby – is there a baby bump picture out there floating around this Yes. Week? I was thinking of doing a side-by-side with yours, so maybe – you don't want to deal with this. You got nothing for me. Freddie's got a lot of pressure on his bladder, too. Uh, <laughs> I got problems. I got to do something here. I, just, 
I'm about to jog to just tow a rope, tie a rope to me, Brett. I'm gonna jog behind the truck on the way down there this week. All right, all right. I got. Hey, I ran 2.6 miles this morning. I ah. didn't. I kept looking for you. I didn't see you. <laughs> you wouldn't see me if I was there anyway. So it'd be fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the show. Casey, uh, glad you could make it this week. We uh, delayed it a day for me and Freddie. We delayed it three hours today so Casey could make it. TJ, unfortunately, he, uh, he couldn't find room in his busy homeschool schedule. Yes, thank you guys for being so accommodating. Truly appreciated. Hey, anything we can do for you. Good luck this weekend. Can't wait to hear all about it. Please uh, record as much as possible so that we can laugh about it later. You guys should get a virtual Zoom. With 10 people, if you're a race fan and you're listening to this, get a Zoom with 10 of your buddies and put one through 10 in a hat. Everybody puts in 10 bucks, one through 10 in a hat, and you draw a number. And if you draw one, you get whoever starts first, 11th, 21st, 31st. If you draw seven, you get whoever starts 7th, 17th, 27th, 37th. $5 of your pot goes to whoever hits the wall first and gets Darlington Stripe. The other five dollars go to who who wins the race. It'll make watching your race a lot more fun. Uh, I, rem- I miss doing race pools, man. I remember being a kid doing race pools with all the older people that were at the racetrack, and then being a teenager and a college student, we'd always do race pools with our random friends that were camping around us that we met at the racetracks. But since you can't do a race pool at the racetrack, find your nine buddies, go online, get a Zoom, and, uh, and do a race pool virtually. Be fun. Let me know if you win. Love it. Great idea. And I think they got free scanners this week. So yes. uh, get on that too. Listen to us. Listen to Brett. They'll be cursing. Me and Bubba will be fighting with each other. TJ will be boring as always. So I'll, be, I'll donate 10 bucks to every F bomb I drop. How about that? You can't afford that. I promise oh, yeah, I you. Can. <laughs> I can't afford it. I don't, I don't wear a wallet, so I have, but I How many houses? It. Yeah. Have you still found You haven't found your wallet in six days, so I don't know how I you can't afford it. I can't find a wallet. <laughs> Oh, I gotta find my hard card. I'm glad you just said that because I don't know where that's at either. Maybe it's in my spotter bag. I hope so. I got my wallet. I don't oh. know what I do with my my hard card. Used to be over here. That's gone. Freddie, I guess I'll see you Sunday. Word. Have a great week, guys. We're out. Holla. Check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo.